0: Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Taproom Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other round. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. And we are being brought to you tonight by Tavour. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Last year with my partner, my friend and the beer expert, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? Not much,
1: man. Loving uh, loving that my Cardinal took the W today. It was a hey. little bit more of a nail-biter than uh, than I would have hoped, but uh, a W is a W, so I'm loving life. Good Easter. Hell yeah. How you doing, man?
0: I'm good, man. Good day today. Good weekend. Great Final Four game last night, which we'll yeah. definitely get into In- here shortly. Incredible. And of course, as always, sipping on some beautiful, beautiful beer tonight, Ben. Love it. Love it, love it. I
1: have seen one of your beers. I haven't seen the other, so I'm stoked to to see what uh, what we've got on store today. Um, so before we get into that, you know, we got to tell you guys that we love beer just as much as we love sports, and that's why we wanted to interact that into this podcast. And, you know, let's let's be real. What goes better with sports than beer, and what goes better with beer than sports? So, you know, we you know, we'd love supporting our local breweries. We'd love talking to, you know, those brewers getting their ideas of what's kind of, you know, happening in each and in each individual beer. And I love spending time at those tap rooms. So, you know, each week we're going to be reviewing two beers to let you know what we think is a good beer and, you know, what we think is a bad beer. Because, you know, it's okay to have a bad beer, but uh, really what we want you to do is, is to go out to those breweries, check things out. If you see one of the beers that we've tried, you know, maybe you can, uh, you can test it out and see what you think compared to our numbers. So, you know, it's, it's really a great thing because the beer game is always changing. So go to your local brewery, go to a bottle shop and just try something new because, you know, maybe something you didn't like a year ago is now going to be one of your favorite beers. So you know we absolutely love it and uh, as jordan mentioned earlier we're being brought to you by devour tonight and devour is absolutely wonderful because you can get your craft beer delivered straight to your front door from breweries all around the US using devour so go to devour download the or download the devour app and use promo code tap room when you sign up and I can you $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's like two pints of beer right there. And it is quality stuff. I'm, uh, I'm counting the seconds until my, uh, my next delivery gets here. So, nice. but, uh,
0: Jordan, what are you drinking? So tonight I'm drinking an abnormal, abnormal beer company. It's a blackberry pie. That's from a series of beers that they released on Pi Day, which is 314. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is the Blackberry Pie Imperial, Imperial Beer Liner Weiss, or Weiss, hmm. however you pronounce it. Um, so this one is brewed with, uh, you know, hints of vanilla beans, cinnamon, and then obviously blackberries, because it's a blackberry pie. Uh, just off the first sip of it, I definitely I'll definitely taste the cinnamon. <laughs> i mm-hmm. was like the first thing that came out it almost tasted a little coconutty too so i'm interested to know if there's like some coconut in there because you know i hate coconut and it's like a very distinct taste um, yeah. to my taste buds so i'm interested to drink this one i'm interested oh, yeah. to drink it the color is very beautiful it's like it looks like a, a strawberries wild from jamba juice
1: yep absolutely
0: but what are you sipping on
1: tonight, ben um, so I'm stoked cause I've taken a sip of this beer and it's already better than the two beers that I had last week. So, you know, we're, we're stepping up our game, but, um, I am, my first beer is going to be a beer from, uh, alpha acid brewing company. Uh, and this is called slices and they're out of Belmont, California. It's a West coast IPA coming in at 6.5%. And, uh, alpha acid is, is a big kind of brewing company out here on the west coast or at least in the bay area uh because they are you know in i guess in the beer game they're known as the small batch kings uh because they brew at least two new recipes each week so you know Damn. you are you can never go in and not have a beer that you haven't tried before so that's actually it's, a dope uh, idea yeah it's great they're making it you know in small batches so it doesn't get distributed all over the place but if you're lucky to uh, to find an alpha acid, then uh, you know definitely try it. And do you know what uh, alpha acid is? Nah. No. it's the uh, it's it's what you test to get the IBUs, the international bitterness uh, Oh, nice! See. So very clever. But, uh, it pushes the uh, you know a little bit more of that beer game. So
0: I love it. Hell yeah! Very clever. Well, we got a lot of sports to talk about. We mentioned it on Squareshark, so we were going to have a lot to talk about. We knew coming into this tonight we had a lot to talk about. First and foremost, we got to talk about the Final Four. We have both games go on. Obviously, Houston, got they laid an A, got absolutely (laughs) whacked by Baylor. And then Gonzaga, UCLA game, you know, Gonzaga was supposed to blow out UCLA, 14-point favorites. It was actually a game that came down to the wire and went into overtime. Shocked. Gonzaga winning on a big shot by Jalen Suggs uh to win in 93 90 what was your takeaway from that game ben
1: uh that uh you know gonzaga's human um (laughs) you know it was it was a a ucla team that had a lot of heart a lot of uh will to win but um you know gonzaga found a way to to pull it out it was you know their biggest test of the tournament um it, it scares me a little bit for this baylor game but um you know, I think I'm going to stick strong with my, you know, with my
0: Bulldogs here. It's my, my choice. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was a crazy game because Gonzaga shot over 57%, and they only won by three, and UCLA shot 55% and still lost. Like, yeah. UCLA probably played the best game you can play imaginable. Definitely the best game anybody's played versus Gonzaga all year, and they came up short. So if I'm a Gonzaga fan or Gonzaga backer or, you know, I have them in a better long-term future, I feel comfortable with Gonzaga versus Baylor because literally a team just got gave you their best punch. And we said on Square Sharks on Friday, really the only way Gonzaga is going to lose is if everything goes wrong. And this game proved it. Like they they played well. They probably didn't play their best game, but UCLA played their best game and Gonzaga still won. So I'm very yeah. confident in Gonzaga going forward. Uh, Baylor, great guard play. Davian Mitchell, T, those guys. But Gonzaga, man, Jalen Suggs, incredible basketball player. Kispert, Drew Timmy, just they're so deep. Ajay, just such a deep team, dude. And I, I just think they come at you too much, too much in waves. Like, bro, they, they shoot over 55% for a reason. Yeah.
1: Well, I think if they want to win this upcoming game, they're going to have to shoot the three ball better. You know, be, you know, being at 33%, you know, I, granted UCLA was, you know, shooting out of their minds at 47, over 47%, but, and they you know, lost. that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be something that, uh, that Gonzaga I think does have to, you know, tighten up a little bit. Um, but I, there was one thing about that game that really, I mean, not, not necessarily frustrated me because I'm not a, a UCLA fan, but, you know, you've got Timmy with, Four fouls for a good nine, ten minutes, and they did not attack him. They did not. They were trying, him at dude. All. But
0: for some reason, like UCLA, they just settled for threes all the time, and they were making crazy shots, dude. It wasn't yeah. like it was easy threes. Like, yeah, they did have some open looks, but for the most part, they were hitting tough shots, dude. And I, I don't see a team doing that two times in a row against Gonzaga, and yeah. that's what it's gonna take, dude. And what's the what's the odds that Timmy gets in foul trouble when Baylor doesn't, I mean, Baylor attacks the rim, but they still have guards like Jalen Suggs that can stay in front of Davian Mitchell and, and cause him issues. So I don't know, dude, I, I strongly Gonzaga here. I thought Gonzaga should have been like a five and a half, six point favorite. I don't want to give away my pick yet because we're going to talk about it later, but we definitely had to talk about the final four March Madness recap. Um, Just a, awesome tournament so far i think we both agree on that
1: yeah oh absolutely so many upsets so many you know players individual players playing out of their minds which i mean i i think that's the you know the big draw for me is that you have these kind of no-name players that have just turned it up i mean no name for the national level so Um, i want to who aren't aren't on that first that target.
0: brings me to a good point dude because there there's been this argument on twitter over the last 24 hours on basketball twitter nba twitter specifically where guy. some people say uh you know the ncaa march madness is a great platform for a player to build his his personal brand because i mean going into this ncaa season no one really knew who jalen suggs was he Yeah, he was a five-star recruit, but he wasn't even a projected top-ten pick in this draft. So do you think the NCAA March Madness provides that platform, or do you think a player like Jalen Green going into the G League, making 500 a year is a better move for a player?
1: I mean, give a player any opportunity that they can. Um, You know, I think that's – it's – it's great for the the teams that aren't on this, that aren't in the huge, you know, basketball associations or, or colleges. Um, and they don't necessarily have that platform to go play on the national level. So, I mean, I think the, the tournament is great. Um, you know, it it gives those smaller teams, the number 11 Bruins, a chance to make a name for themselves. I mean, yes, we know them because they're, you know, in the Pac-12 and they've always had a decent team. But, you know, we would have never expected, you know, to see,
0: you know, Juzang or, you know, Campbell. just. That's the name that I thought about too is Johnny Juzang. Like that's a guy that before the tournament, I don't think anybody, any scout had him as a first-round pick. And now he's probably going to – be a lottery pick based on what he did in the, in the tournament. Yeah. So I like, don't get me wrong, dude. I think the NS, NCAA is a very corrupt organization. I mean, they basically, you um, you know, put these Pretty players out there labor. to play for free. Yeah. yeah it's basically slave labor because these guys play for a scholarship and then the NCAA gets $5 billion from their CBS deal. And that doesn't even count, like, you know, jersey sales, merchandise sales, all the other money. So, I mean, they're exploiting these student athletes for sure. But at the same time, March Madness, I definitely feel, is like a good platform for a player to build his personal brand, build his draft stock. We saw it with players like Gordon Hayward previously, who had a great tournament run. Cam Johnson did it a few years back with North Carolina on their title run. I mean, we see it time and time again. Kemba Walker in 2011 – So I think the, while I do think the NCAA exploits student athletes, I do think that March Madness does provide a platform for players.
1: Absolutely. And, and that can, you know, very much change with these new, you know, uh, you know, sponsorship deals that the players can, you know, eventually get something out of, you know, their playing time. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute mess for the first couple of years, but you know, it's, it at least is a step in the right direction to get these, these people, some of the, you know, money that they deserve.
0: And if they're making it off themselves, their likeness and and whatnot, like doing commercials or sponsorships and stuff, dude, they should be allowed to do that because a guy that gets a scholarship for chess or for debate team, he can go work. You know what I'm saying? He can go tutor and make money. Why can't a basketball player? All right, let's hop into professional basketball, Ben. We had some stuff go on this week. Uh, first and foremost, LaMarcus Aldridge bought out, went to the Nets. DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, not DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Andre Drummond bought out, signed with the Lakers. And we've had some rumblings from other smaller market uh, NBA GMs that have come out and said that they don't really like the, the buyout because it hurts small market teams. It's harder for them to compete. What do you take from that? And are you okay with, with how the buyout situation has worked, has gone on?
1: I'm a little, I don't necessarily know where I sit on the buyout situation. Like I understand where it's coming from. I understand that, you know, at least from what you and I have talked about and you've mentioned that, you know, these, these players don't have the value that they hope that they have. And part of that is because of how much money they're making. So like, if you don't want to trade for the guy, then you can't expect him to want to come to your team after you know a buyout. And you know, it is tough, but you know, that's that's part of it. I think the NBA is probably the only, you know, group that has the series style of playoffs that you know, you aren't really gonna have a number eight team beating a number one, a seven, a two. Like
0: yeah, it's in very rare.
1: baseball, in hockey, like I can like I can see that happening. But basketball, you know, it it doesn't. So I don't think it makes that much of a difference if you have, you know, a, a stacked team compared to somebody who's just coming in at, you know, finding their way in at number eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the NBA is more parody right now than probably the last, I don't know, 16 years 17 Mm -hmm. years um but when it comes to the buyout situation like i don't have an issue with it because you mentioned it like these players don't have enough value to get to for a team to trade for them and a team could literally claim them on the waiver wire before they get bought out but the team has to acquire that salary they could literally give up zero assets and they refuse to do it yeah so that tells me that the league looks at these guys like minimum players yeah never in my life have I seen a guy get bought out and then be a major contributor to a championship level team like it just doesn't happen I mean LaMarcus Aldridge is actually balling right now like he's playing very well but once Kevin Durant's back and Harden's playing like dude he's gonna be like a fifth guy dude playing like 21 minutes a game I read
1: somewhere that it was, like, there's only been, like, two instances, and I'll try to find those names, um, where, you know, this has actually helped your team.
0: Um, I think James Posey was one in 2008 for the Celtics.
1: Yes. And where is it? Um, Sorry, P.J. Brown in 2008 with the Celtics. And Morris last year um, for the Lakers.
0: Nah, but he wasn't, like, a key contributor for the Lakers. Uh, he helped them win the... And neither was P.J. Brown. Like, P.J. Brown was a backup center for the yeah. Celtics. That's Boris what I'm saying. Like, a dude isn't coming year. in, getting bought out, and dropping, like, 20 a game. Dog. Like, it's just not happening. Very true. They're just limited role players. You know what I'm saying? And it is what it is. And that's just how the tide rolls. Like, if your team is able to contend, why don't you go fucking try to recruit that player? You know what I'm saying? Pay him a little bit more yeah. than... What another team can if you have any cap room, so there's ways around it. It is what it is, but I'm tired of all the hoe crying because people are mad that teams <laughs> try to get better. Like that's the whole point. Like, teams gotta get better. Yeah. All right, I let's mean, move it, on I, to I
1: understand it because they are building as as people are calling the super teams. You know, you look at the way that is what the it is dude. are built. The does
0: your does Stanford try to get better at your work or not? You guys just like to I mean, you re- you well, recruit people. Absolutely, that's your job.
1: But, yeah, but you know they don't. We don't have a. You know, obviously there isn't a set cap. There isn't like, but it's it's pushing more players to chase that. You know, chase that carrot instead of being a. Uh, I mean,
0: but they're not those dudes anymore.
1: Yeah, they definitely aren't those dudes. They're not. They aren't playing up to the level of their contracts. And you know, I just, I I just look at the way the Nets are built. I look at the way the you know Lakers are built when they're healthy. And can any teams compete with them now? No. Who? The Lakers. I mean, if they're when they're healthy.
0: Who knows? Because like the Nuggets got better. The. The uh, Clippers have looked better. I think they could definitely compete with the Lakers. On the East, I don't know if the Nets fully healthy. I don't think anyone really competes with them. But yeah, I didn't think anyone would comp- compete with them before they got those buyouts. So It's true. That's very true. It is It is what it is. All right. Um, We got to talk about another guy that ho cries a lot, Draymond Green. So this week he was – being interviewed and he was asked a question about whether the playing game motivates him he said I want to win or let me just start by saying this is a quote so quote I want to win that's enough motivation for me but I'm not going to spend every minute like man we're on the right on the cusp of the playing. I don't give a damn about the playing game if that's where we are and we're in the game yeah I'm going to do all I can to win the game but the playing situation isn't going to get me out of my bed like I've got to bust my ass today because we're fighting for the playing spot. Again, that ain't going to push me. End quote. What do you think about that, Ben?
1: I mean, on all accounts, I think Draymond needs to shut the fuck up. Like (laughs) on his, uh, his accounts and the, um, you know, the the pay inequality on the accounts in the, um, you know, this, this play-in game, like you've got a lot of young players on your team and, when you're a young player and you're you're looking up to Draymond like he uh, you know like he's supposedly this leader on the team he's a hell of a, a defensive player but that's not something a leader says uh, a leader says that he's going to give his his all every single game and to find a way to make it into the playoffs so they can you know go on a run and maybe knock a team out you know make another name for himself like you you have to be someone who is is influencing these young guys. And, I mean, look at – after that quote, they, uh, they lost by 53. <laughs> like, granted, he didn't play that game because of a jammed pinky finger or something. He doesn't uh, play when
0: Steph doesn't play. And yeah. I don't understand that. That's a different question.
1: Yeah. It's – I mean, if I'm a young guy on that team – that puts a little bit of a sour
0: taste in my mouth yeah i mean he did say that like he goes out to win every single game but like watching games of theirs this year like i don't think that's true because there's games where like he literally has zero field goal attempts like he doesn't even take a shot yep and you're telling me that you're out there giving it your all every game. 25 million dollars 25
1: million a year yeah
0: So while I do think that this quote is taken a little out of context, I always think of what my mom used to tell me growing up. And that was actions speak louder than words. Yep. And his actions this year have not shown that people are taking this quote out of context. I think he got caught up and tried to backpedal a little bit. And that's why he was like, you know, every game motivates me after he said a playing game doesn't motivate him. And by all means, dude, he's won three titles. He's played in four championships. Like, I'm sure, like, knowing that his team sucks and isn't going anywhere, I'm sure that does have a little bit of sour taste in his mouth where he's like, fuck, dude, like, why bust my ass? Like, I've, I've been at the top of the hill and this team ain't going to get there, so why should I, like, leave it all on the line right now when we could get better? I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm just saying, like that's probably very well what he's thinking you know but you can't say that shit
1: yeah i mean if we don't like something about our jobs we can't say that we keep you know our asses get fired (laughs) like you know it doesn't matter what we think if we if we make that public you know it that's that's the issue there and i mean just the way that he's been playing this year has been subpar and that shows to me that he's not committed and he, he isn't pushing that he, he hasn't said that he needs to get better. Like he's not taking any onus. He's putting it all on. Oh, well we're no. missing clay. It's like, well, yeah, but you missed, you were missing clay last year. Uh, your productions dipped greatly. You know, you're missing clay this year. Again, your production has dipped and you know, you need to step that up. I mean, it, look at his, his three point percentage. It's down to like, 26 percent like he needs to step that up he needs to be a threat at multiple levels of the court and you can't just be you know lollygagging around putting up what is it like under 10 points a game yeah 6.3 average this year year. 6.3 points
0: i need more from a guy making 25 million a year that's for damn sure yeah defensive play yes you're
1: great but you know defense pushes offense
0: and he also doesn't do play so when that. steph doesn't play which yep. why like he always he never plays when steph doesn't play if steph sits out he sits out
1: yeah yeah uh a little ego there doesn't want to get a loss to his name because he doesn't think know. they can win without steph
0: it's just weird It's weird to me. But anyways, we got a month left, dude. We got like 23 regular season games remaining. Um, So right now we got a very tight race in the West. And the Nuggets won tonight, which puts them over the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. I'll pull up the standings real quick right here. Yeah, Yeah, so the Nuggets are now the fourth seed. The Lakers are the fifth seed. The Nuggets are only three. I mean, I'm sorry. The the Mavericks only three games behind them for the fifth seed. Memphis is currently in, sitting in the AC with San Antonio tied with the with the win percentage, and then the Warriors are about two and a half games back from that. So, mainly let's let's talk about this Lakers situation because the Lakers obviously no LeBron, no AD. We learned today that there's no timetable for AD's return either. Yeah. Um, so where, I mean, like, do you think the late the Lakers can drop? I don't think they're going to drop to that AC, but do you think they could end up being the seventh seed by the by the end of this?
1: I, I think it's going to be a a super close run between Dallas and and the Lakers for that seventh seed. I think Portland is they're on a roll right now. I mean, seven and three in their last ten, they'll they'll pass up the Lakers for sure. Uh, only a half game back. Um, yeah, Memphis, San Antonio, the Warriors, I think they all have a, a chance, especially with that playing, you know, those playing games. Um, but I mean, the Warriors are dipping too. You might see Sacramento, you might see New Orleans.
0: Sacramento was playing you know, good up until like the last few games. They won yeah. six in a row. Yeah. And then they lost three. Oh. Charts. Um,
1: so I mean, it's it's gonna have to be a, a Warriors warrior step up, and a, a Grizzlies and Spurs kind of decline, but yeah, I'm I'm worried about the Lakers. I definitely am worried about the Lakers on how far they they go back. Um, and then that that you know relates to what we've been talking about previously. And you know, when does LeBron come back? How many games does he get before he goes in and plays a Utah team, a Phoenix team?
0: We'll probably you know, get that, like a week,
1: we'll probably is that like enough five for games, maybe 30. How old is he now? 34
0: for him, 36. But 36? for him, can't put anything past him, dude. He has defied all odds already, so that's true, very true. Until he doesn't do it, I'm not gonna say that he's not going to do it. My, my biggest concern for the Lakers is I don't care if LeBron comes back. Without AD, they're not going to win shit. Uh-huh. They need both those guys. They need both those guys healthy. Yep. And the fact that AD doesn't even have a timetable for his return. Yeah, that's, he's not back that's, this year. That's worrisome at this point, dude. That's what it tells me.
1: I mean, and, when we were talking about it when it first initially happened, you mentioned like that looked like a serious injury that he was going to be out for the season. So
0: It did, and they – even the way they said it, the injury type, it was the same shit that they said about KD when he fucking yep. tore his Achilles and they kept saying, Oh no, it's a calf injury, it's a calf injury, it's a calf injury. And yep. dude tries to come back in five weeks and he fucking tears his ACL, dude. Yep. So I definitely think it's like a strained ACL, and they're just trying to fucking cover it up. But All originally right. Achilles, they said, right? Yeah, strained Achilles. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh originally they said, well, no, I'm saying they kd's injury they said it was calf ad they said it was a calf injury too
1: yeah but uh, kd's was an achilles tear
0: not a uh oh he tore his achilles after they said it was a calf strain and then he tried to come back too soon and it was really an achilles strain yeah so that's what that's what i think is worrisome about ad and if it's an achilles strain dude like bro i i could take like a year to recover.
1: Yeah, we definitely might not see him until next season. And then it's going to be a timetable to get him back next season. You know, starting the game on on a minutes restriction and, you know,
0: seeing how things go. Dude, I feel bad for LeBron because this is like the end of his career, and if that shit happens to AD, dude, basically he might as well just throw away his whole-ass career. <laughs> I mean, the rest of it for right now because, dude, the Lakers aren't going to win anything yeah. I mean, AD's making $40 million a year. You can't trade an injured guy like that. No one's going to trade for him and give you anything valuable back. And he's taking up so much of your cap, you can't, like, go out and sign anyone. Yep. So, it's just, like, lost years from LeBron. I'm just like, yo, I need you all to trade me, bro.
1: Yep. I'll take him up at Golden (laughs) State. Him and and Steph play and uh, get Clay Clay back in there.
0: You never know, dude. We could very well see it. Very well see it. All right, let's move into some baseball, man. We had the first week of the baseball. Um, we have a couple stories to really touch on, two major stories to touch on. So the first one, we'll get out of the way. We couldn't even go a whole weekend without getting a stoppage for COVID, dude. We already got we a go fucking a day. series. <laughs> yeah, we already got a series <laughs> postponed. Uh, so, I mean, like, what's your take on this whole COVID situation?
1: I mean, here we go again. Um you know, luckily, I think as, you know, as the, the year has progressed and as we're getting further to, you know, the vaccine rollout uh, with everybody, it's going to get better. But, I, I mean, this puts, this puts the Nationals in a hole. And they were a team that could have made a run, you know, this year. They've got the potential there. But now they're starting – you know, they're starting a couple of games back with everybody else, you know, already having games in hand, already, you know, getting their, you know, their tires rolling. So I Some think
0: this
1: teams.
0: is a, yeah. I, Some I think teams are playing, but there ain't setback. no tires rolling.
1: Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, But I mean, look, they, they've got the, the Braves coming in, you know, this next couple Braves of Braves are on three though. Yeah. But I would take, uh, I would take a, a a team that's already started, than a team that's you know just been sitting for the last couple of days because they can't practice. The still they been can't working out individually, but they can't practice as a team. They're not taking you know, baseball's an individual sport though. Yeah, but they aren't. They aren't taking batting practice. They're you know they can nah, do they individual workouts. Practice. They a probably they quality. probably go into
0: the they probably go into the. Um, Staying, like one at a time.
1: Nine players are quarantined of their their starters. They can't be on like the facilities are closed, they can't be on team, like they have to be quarantined. Man, they so, happened
0: to the Mariner. Or I mean the Marlins last year and they ended up making the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that it can't be done, but it's a it's not a good start. You're you're digging yourself a hole, and then you're you know, you have to build your way out of that and can you know, with the way that, that the, you know, I would say league it hurts them
0: more though, because they wasted four days. And now they have to use their fucking off days to make those games up.
1: Yep. And we're not just playing division rivals this year. You know, yeah. we've got more of more travel. We've got more, you know, games, 162 that they're, games. Yeah. That they're going to have to play. And that's, that's going to be difficult if it continues because they're already at four games now. Because they're not playing tomorrow, Monday. So, yeah,
0: honestly, I, I didn't look it up, but did the MLB like make it so there's like some wiggle room for this shit to happen? Because they started on April 1st. And that's usually when they start the regular season with, you know, in a regular year with no COVID. I think there's so, a built in week, but that's it. The All Star week? Yeah. So, the. So the Mets and Nationals are going to be spending their All Star Week making up that series.
1: If they're, they're four no, days they'll, off,
0: they'll probably Actually, put a it's probably head. what they will make them do, bro.
1: They'll probably put them on a doubleheader. They'll they'll put them on a doubleheader in their other you know their other yeah, division games because I mean don't they play like nineteen games against each other this year? 17. 17? So yeah, they'll doubleheader it and they'll you know you'll get some seven inning games and. You know, which I that you're not going to keep the DH, but you'll keep the seven inning doubleheaders. Like, come on,
0: but I don't uh, mind it that much. Yeah, It it saves your pitching staff, dude. And trust me, I watched so a I watched we, a series so, this week so with the. Are we that needs,
1: rewarding? Are we rewarding teams that get COVID because they don't have to go into their reliever? No, because relievers? seven
0: innings could work both ways. Because if you're down and a team has a shitty bullpen, you can like come back. But if they have a strong starter like Degrom, he could literally go all seven innings. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying. So, so we're 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 giving the benefit of the doubt to the
1: teams that have that strong pitcher that. It wasn't the Mets'
0: fault the game got
1: true. canceled. But, okay, so Strasbourg or Scherzer, like, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I
0: think it's still even. I still, I think it's still even yeah. playing field. Yeah. I'm not too mad about it. I just think it's funny. We couldn't even go a whole – we couldn't even go the first weekend, dude. Not one day, and we already got yeah. a postponement, and it was crazy. Yeah. And, you know, some other teams needed a postponement, but <laughs> not here nor there nor anywhere. So let's but, let's
1: talk about those those teams, the surprises, the uh, disappointments, the
0: I already know where you're going on this. I think everybody oh knows where dude, you're going. Dude, on this. Dude, dude, I mean this I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, dude. Like I'm a very objective fan, and this was the worst opening series I've seen for the Oakland Athletics in my entire life, dude. And I've seen some bad Oakland A's teams. Yep. All right? and this was the worst opening day series. This was the first four game series since 1950 in which they gave up their point differential was minus 26, dude. They got absolutely fucking destroyed every game. And on top of that, they were trolling the Astros like during pre games, like with, uh, <laughs> I think songs that was, and stuff. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: but then you was go, dude, you wonderful. can't go out and get
0: smacked, dude. Like very true. Very true. I mean, it, they couldn't pitch. They couldn't hit. I mean, their, playing... their Rule 5 draft pick, Kaye Tom had the to fucking pitch at the ninth inning today because the bullpen was, like, already been fucking used all weekend. Yeah. Every single game over eight runs, bro, the A's are going to lose, like, 90 games. It that was a very opening day de- series. The could only thing true. I will say, this this is the only positive of this weekend for Oakland is things could not have gone any worse. Yeah, you got it out of the way. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all uphill from here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, come on,
1: playing before he cheats while the you know, while the starting lineup you was can't do uh, that and then
0: get smacked, dude. You can't lose true. the way you did four games in a row, and none of the games were close. The Astros oh. never trailed. Yeah. They, they the scored.
1: Series. I mean, the Red Sox and the Yankees surprisingly, you know, scored less runs than them. Other than that. Oh, and the Brewers. But other than that, you know, nothing. But to have 35 runs allowed is just in absolutely incredible. The, the second last. worst team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The second worst team was Kansas City with 21. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, twenty-seven. So, but you look at the run differential there with the Cardinals; it's only minus nine compared to minus twenty-six. That's that's brutal, absolutely brutal. Your second brutal, worst run buddy. differential is going to be the uh, the Red Sox at minus thirteen, and that's that's not okay. That is absolutely not okay,
0: but. You can only it's going to be a long fucking year, dog. It's going to be a very long year. What did you think of Shohei Otani tonight, man? He fucking uh, threw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and then and he hits fucking jack. hit a jack? Yep. And um, he got
1: hurt? Yeah, he looked okay, though. It, it, I mean, it was a nasty slide in the plate. I mean,
0: But that's, like, the only thing about him, dude, is, like, your best ability is your availability.
1: True. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they They said that he wasn't getting taken out from, you know, the injury. So who knows uh, – how much we can trust in that but i mean we just heard that
0: anthony davis only had a cap yeah that's true
1: (laughs) um you know to to see him start this way at least after his subpar you know season last year i think it's it's great to see um you know he's to have a pitcher batter is incredible
0: or the angels just need to let him do one thing like just make it just be let him be an everyday outfielder dude like yeah they're stressing his, they're gonna stress his body out too much so he's gonna get hurt again man yeah like that's why he gets hurt bro he, i just think in the in major league baseball it's it's too difficult to be a pitcher and a fucking hitter because the routine of a pitcher every five days is like pretty strenuous dude like throwing 100 pitches as hard as you can is not fucking like joy on your elbow dude it's like yeah. an unnatural motion you yeah, know what I'm saying? Not at all so I just think like they should just let the dude hit bro and play outfield yeah. do you agree? Yeah,
1: absolutely especially when you've got a guy like Trout out there when you've got you know somebody that really just you know can manage the outfield can you know really push that You you can put Fowler out there you know you can put you know, you got Upton out there too. So yeah, like the problem uh, is they have
0: no one to throw out there to pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. He's like, he's their best pitcher. Yep. I'm not even joking, dude. He, he really no, you're is. right.
1: You're right. And then, you know, you've got to, you've got to utilize Pujols because of how much money you're giving him. He can't just be sitting on the bench. So you need him as a DH. Um, But yeah, that's that's tough. They've got a they've got a, a huge kind of question mark there. That, that who knows what they're gonna do with it. Who knows?
0: Uh, Pujols hit um a home run this week too. How how many number? What number was that? Uh,
1: that is number. Uh, career...
0: 663rd, dude. Wow. You think he gets to 700? No. Yeah. I don't
1: don't see him hitting 37 this year.
0: You don't think he'll play another year? Oh, no, he said he's going to retire. His wife said he's going to retire. I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, no, he's definitely not getting 700. He hasn't hit
1: 37 since 2011. Oh, no, sorry. 2015, he hit 40. But... You know that's still six years ago. He's- Plus, he's way
0: older than forty-one. I know, I know it says he's forty-one, but that dude ain't forty-one though. He's like oh, forty-five, yeah.
1: and he's not an everyday player. So, you know, he's he's not going to have all the at-bats, all those chances to you know to hit him out. So, yeah. You know, oh, and man, I wish
0: he would hit. Um, I wish he would hit seven hundred. That'd be dope. But I gotta ask you this question before we jump to this next thing about baseball. Alex Ovechkin. I know I'm jumping off topic. Alex Ovechkin. I just saw that he's like not that far away from Wayne Gretzky in most goals scored in NHL history. Yep. He could like legitimately do it.
1: I mean, he's getting old too, but he's got a couple. He's definitely. He's only thirty five though. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. He could play till he's like forty five, like Thornton. He could be like a fourth liner, dude. (laughs) Thornton's not that old, but um... dude, he's pretty old. Didn't Yager play till he was like fifty?
1: Yeah, Yager played till he was forty five. So. Joe's uh 41, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, but yeah, no, he, he's got a couple of years left. He can definitely move down lines, which I think he, he probably will. I mean, and you look at, at the goals that he scored, like most of the time, he's literally just standing out there. He is standing there and, and waiting for, you know, the, the puck to be passed to him. And then he just puts that snipe in and scores goals. Yeah, so, you know, steeper, he, he dude. definitely has a chance. He definitely has a chance. Um, I want to see Pujols get into – I mean, I want to see him play one more year so he does get to that 700.
0: That was a smooth um, transition right there, dude. Uh,
1: we got to go back to it. Um, uh, but he's not in a home run hitting, like,
0: uh, ballpark, which is which is tough. Yeah. yeah I, don't stadium
1: to is not, is not I don't think he gets to 700. I don't His think he plays
0: another year, Ben. His wife so said, nah. His wife said, <laughs> Lady always trumps it too. Happy wife, happy life, man. Happy wife, go. happy life. All right, so let, we gotta touch on this. So this week, um, Major League Baseball pulled the all star game out of Atlanta due to the you know voter suppression, um, legal, legislation that's being passed in uh, Georgia. Yep. Atlanta mayor came out and said that she's not happy about this, that the city of Atlanta is going to lose like 200 Shit. million dollars in a weekend or whatever blame your government. Yeah, so I mean, what do you what do you think about this? I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. I think it's
1: uh, you know, when you texted me that, you know, this week when it first dropped, I was I was shocked. And my response to you was usually baseball is last on these things. Well, no, usually hockey's last on these things. Um, but baseball is is a close second, you know, second to the last group to take a stance to make that change. And I'm, I'm impressed with, you know, Manfred and what he's, you know, what he's doing here. He's sticking to his guns that baseball wants to be a sport for the people. And when you're doing something that is not for the people that they're not going, they're going to be one of those organizations that pushes for that change and, you know, really, You know doesn't care about the money they care about the the premise behind it and more people more groups need to be doing that and
0: following suit my biggest thing is like the best way to make change ben is hitting someone in their pockets right true 100 percent. so you know major league baseball by pulling this out of atlanta they're basically telling the atlanta braves organization the city of atlanta like hey do something you yep. know like our players are watching. Our fans are watching. Like, this is time for action. Like, in the bubble, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks stop playing and literally ownership for the Milwaukee Bucks called the Wisconsin legislation, you know, for the whole Jacob Blake thing and got action. They got things starting. They got tires rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, they weren't able to change things right then and there, but they still started to get things happening. With with uh state legislators and stuff. And that's kind of what Atlanta should have done. The Braves, I mean, they should have yep. gone and been like, hey, like, we don't stand for this shit. We need to do something about it. It um uh, it, it is but do kind you think- of a hit
1: to Atlanta. Uh, before we before we move on to your question, sorry, I do, I do want to go back to this. Is that it is it is a hit for Atlanta, and it is unfortunate that Atlanta has to take that hit because of the way that you know we we saw them you know, turn up and rows towards this, uh, you know, in this last election and, you know, flip the the history of the city, but, you know, it's, it's more of a statewide problem, not necessarily just Atlanta and Atlanta is getting hit, you know, the, the hardest by this. So it, it is unfortunate that it, they, they are personally, Atlanta is getting hit, but, when it's a a whole georgia issue but you're you're absolutely right with with how the bucks handled you know everything in in pushing the legislation and making their impact heard and we don't see that from the braves the braves just painted over their logo that's all they did so
0: terrible sorry go go back to
1: your question my my apologies
0: but do you think Major League Baseball did this because like corporate sponsors could have been like, yo, we can't we got to like do something like, you know, we could lose money if we do this All-Star game in, in Georgia? I didn't look at it that way. Um,
1: probably not because the corporate sponsors are, you know, more pushed towards baseball. As a, as a whole in the MLB instead of just an individual
0: team. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I think the one the only thing that really sucks about this is, like, they were going to um, pay tribute to Henry Aaron yeah. at the All-Star Game, and now that might so go to side.
1: That was going to be my, you know, my question to you, was because they're doing that, I see two clear-cut places that they're going to, you know, play this All-Star Game. One has to do with 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 Hank Aaron. So, any thoughts on where they're going to be playing this? I heard Colorado. Uh, that's that's not where I was thinking.
0: Well, but I heard that's where they're gonna do it.
1: Why Colorado?
0: That's dumb. They they could just be like next in line or something.
1: Yeah, I'm saying uh, I'm saying first is going to be Milwaukee if they keep the whole, you know, Hank Aaron, you know, tribute, they'll go to Milwaukee. He played there his, his first, what, 12 years there. Um, so if they do want to keep that, you know, that uh, that historic kind of plan there, they'll go to Milwaukee. And then number two is going to be back in Arlington where they did the uh, NLCS and the World Series because they have the least restrictions. and. You know, wanting to get people in the stadium. I mean, you go to you go to Arlington, and you can literally have a full hundred percent
0: jam-packed stadium. You don't think by July you'll there'll be more fans in the stadium?
1: More, but not hundred percent. I think if you go to Texas, you're getting hundred percent, no matter what. What about Florida, Miami? Didn't they just have? They had something there within the last couple of years.
0: Not for Major League Baseball, oh, okay. And they have that it, new stadium, and they're out there too.
1: It could happen. It could happen. Also, I heard they were Colorado. thinking about
0: uh, Puerto Rico. Oh, but,
1: that'd be uh, dope. That'd be dope. Yep. But again, same thing in in you know the Hank Aaron, um, you know memorializing him. But problem there is that stadium only sits like twenty thousand people, so. You wouldn't be able to get a lot of uh, a lot of fans there, and then you've got to travel and, and doing those restrictions. So, yeah, that I think that'd be the best place, you know, for uh,
0: somebody who's not going to the All Star Game. <laughs> but, that'd be dope. That would be dope. I I would like. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going out there for the All Star Game. Yeah, <laughs> give you a reason to go out there. Very true. Very very true. Hey, guys, it's your boy, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lads. And me, Steady Eddie Martin. You've seen our pics on Twitter and all our shows on the Taproom Sports Podcast Network. So we're bringing y'all a new show twice a week called the Square Sharks. Yeah, just two guys who love sports. that will help you win money. Yep. So go to www.taproomsportspodcast.com slash Square for more info and to subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss out.
1: Do it now. It's- why throw away free money? All right, so we've gotten through about halfway halfway through this podcast, maybe a little bit more. We've had so much to talk about, but uh, it's time for a second beer. So you had that blackberry pie. i love it, you know, out for pie day.
0: But uh, tell me, what is, what's what's the second beer of yours? So the second beer of mine is from Superstition Meadery out in Prescott, Arizona, um, wherever that is in Arizona, it's a, uh, strawberry sweethearts session. Mead bin. Okay. So um, and a, it's a, a, carbonated variation on a beer. strawberry mead with vanilla and lactose. Ugh, it would kill me. So the lactose would kill you guys. But I, honestly, I took a sip of it so far and it literally tastes like a strawberry Italian soda. Ah, oh, beautiful,
1: beautiful. Yeah. I've, I've only had mead once or twice. Um, it's uh, it's usually really pricey, so I've I've always kind of swayed away from it because I don't necessarily know if I'm gonna like it, and you know a lot of these meats I'm are coming wasting. like $40, 50 bucks for a you know a, a seven fifty milliliter or so. Oh, I this c- definitely wasn't that expensive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I could I could promise you that. Yeah, but I'll, I'll get say? one What's off Savour. Of yeah, exactly, dude. You can get them on Tavour, dude, all the yep. time. Yeah. So uh, my second, second
1: my second beer is uh, it's one that I've seen a lot on all the, the beer forums and beer groups that I've, uh, I, I follow. And this is, uh, it's called eager to share. And uh, this is a Marlowe uh, artisanal ale. And this is coming out of North Haven, Connecticut. Um, so it's a 5.4 American pale ale. It's pretty hazy. Um, so I I'd kind of put it as a, a hazy pale ale, but it's got citron mosaic hops, which is huge fan of. Um, it's got caramel malts. They say it's going to taste like citrus and melon. I definitely smell the melon. Um, but this was the the first beer that they came out with that uh, Marlowe Artisanal Ales came out with. And they've really pushed the beers that aren't those, you know, high alcohol percentages. So, you know, they, they started this in 2019. They've kind of altered it little bits here and there, but it, it's kind of still stuck with the same, you know, recipe and I mean, it took a sip. It's, it's quality. It's definitely quality. Now I, you know, now I see why everybody is, is pushing this and it's kind of dope can. It's got a bunch of seagulls, uh, you know, going after a bunch of, uh, you know, citrus, whether it's oranges, mandarins,
0: you know, it's what it is, but, uh, Oh yeah. You
1: know, so far so good.
0: Oh, that's a dope can. Yeah. So I like that. We'll see how it goes. We'll definitely see how it goes. From North Haven, Connecticut. Hello, friends, and welcome to a tradition unlike any other the 2021 Masters. This is our first annual Masters pickup. I know we had like a little quick one in November. That wasn't like the real Masters, though. The Masters is always the weekend after the Final Four. Every year, so we got a we had a real March Madness, we got a real masters now, and Ben nor I really follow golf, so this will be a very interesting thing.
1: Been way too long. I'm usually out there hitting the links and uh and and getting some rounds in, but it's
0: with golf and watching golf is two different things though.
1: Yeah, but when you're playing golf, you get into that mood. You you you're okay with watching sitting and watching, you know, four days of
0: slow. Jim I've Dance never talking. once in my life watched four days of golf. And I love, I love golf. You know, I spend a lot of time golfing and once in my life, a few yeah. times in my life, you know what I mean? And I've, I like watch golf, especially the majors. I always watch like, uh you know, maybe like <laughs> the Thursday morning uh, tee offs. And then I watch like the Sunday last round, but I obviously yeah. follow like, who's, who's doing what, And so we're at the Masters, the biggest tournament, first major of the year. Jordan Spieth coming off his first victory today um, at the Firestone Open or whatever it's called. Uh, Well, what is the tournament they had today? The Texaco Open or whatever? Uh, He won.
1: Yep. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, It was – I mean, there's
0: so many. Yeah, the Valero Texas Open the valero texas open and he's 11 to 1 dude third best odds <laughs> and he's only won once in four years yeah so i mean he's right, let's, he is let's a talk about, so. so let's do like this ben who's your favorite and who's your like long shot best value odds do you think
1: um so my favorite i'm gonna go justin thomas sitting at 10 to 1 um he's been he's he really has been hot over the last couple years um last two years i'd say um and he has you know he has shown that he can step it up in these you know these you know big tight situations um i mean if we're going really long shot i'm gonna go tiger 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 woodsdale but <laughs> he's not even playing no, a plane. Um, no, I know, I know. Um, if we're gonna move it up a little bit, I'm gonna go with uh, with John Rom, twelve to one, and that's only because he just had his, I think it was a daughter last night, and yeah. he's got he's got somebody to play for. So, Man, that's
0: not long shot odds. He's literally like one of the f- uh, fifth best favorite fifth odds. Fifth best, yeah.
1: But you know, I mean, Kapka twenty five to one, maybe Murakawa twenty eight to one.
0: So I was but, gonna say my my favorite bet of this is Kepka twenty five to one. That dude just shows up in big tournaments, bro. Yeah. Although yeah. Augusta doesn't really fit his style very well, I feel like because he's like a big hitter and Augusta's like a, a a challenging course where like dudes that hit iron game really well and like lay up well and get good second shots it usually bodes their game very well. Which yeah. is like why I got like John Rahm 12 to 1 is good odds because that's what John Rom does does well. Yeah. But I think Kepka 25 to one is hella good value because I mean Bubba Watson isn't what you know. I just feel like a great golfer wins a masters, at least like they just find ways to win at least one. I mean Sergio yeah. Garcia won a fucking masters. Dog. I think you can,
1: yeah, and he's what coming in at I mean, he's 45 he's been, to one. That's, yeah, no, that's I a lot shot there. Him. But I mean, Jason I think day, if you were
0: 45
1: to one, I wouldn't. I think that's, that's a waste of money there. If anything, maybe you could wait till, you know, the, the final day there, if he makes the cut and, you know, maybe you can sprinkle some, if he's like three shots behind, um, I wouldn't be like give him 10 to one odds at that point. If anybody, you know, is high that I would not bet on would be Tony Fino. Um he he always for some reason has a great first two to three days, and then you know on Sunday he cannot put things through. He is coming at thirty three to one. So just be wary out there um, that if he is high up in those you know in the going into the final day he's going to drop. He does not hit that pressure. So
0: so you're going Dustin Johnson and then you're going John Rahm as your no, last going shoot, to, twelve to one. Justin Thomas,
1: ten to one, and That's then your uh, favorite. Yeah, and then right. uh, Rom at twelve to one. I mean, I like th- DeShambo. He's he is a uh, a favorite just because he hits that long ball, but he doesn't have that that short game to.
0: Yeah, this course game to chew him up, dog.
1: It's uh, it's he's just so hot and cold. I mean, he won what two weeks ago? So yeah. three weeks ago. So
0: he is but, very hot and cold. I think my favorite long shot uh, might be Webb Simpson, just because I like the name Webb. I think that's a dope yeah. name. So I, I like that 35 to 1. So just off name alone, I might even throw a little bit out there. But I, I think John Rom 12 to 1 is like my favorite. Um, and he mentioned it, his daughter being born. I think that's dope. Um, so it could they go always one seem of to two ways. Way. He could not be sleeping, which would fucking suck. <laughs> and he's going to be yeah. off. But he could have like an enormous energy because he's a father, and yep. um, you know, just I do also like that story.
1: That uh, twenty-five to one on Kepka.
0: Yeah, I do. I, I, I that do. That could hit too. I'd I'd I sprinkle like, a little bit there. I'd like twenty-five to one on Kepka. Are they doing the uh? Are they doing the um? The par three contest this year? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Um we need to get some odds on that. That'd be fucking some good shit. I, I know Maybe they have if, them somewhere. If they are, we'll, we'll talk about that on uh, Square Sharks. Square Sharks, yes. Yep. Tune in for that. All right, let's move over to Pour Me Another. Let's get into it. This is the uh, We got a lot of hot topics to talk about. Yeah. We have so many. We didn't know what we were talking about them in like, the different areas of the show or whether we need a Pour Me Another. But we're going to start out. And now... And, and I want to start
1: this one out because I want to get your opinion okay. first on this. And All I want right. to get your opinion first on the uh, on the third one, too. I, okay. I wrote it in that way. So. All, right. All right. All right. Fair Definitely enough. Wrote Fair it in. enough. So, yeah. As, as Jordan was saying, it was our, it's our TMZ section. And we're going to start with Deshaun Watson because I know you have your opinions on this. And we're going to hear it. So, we got to go with the Deshaun Watson update. So as of today, 21 civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault and uh, inappropriate behavior have been filed by BuzzFeed. One has now been filed uh, with the Houston Police Department. So now they're getting involved in the investigation. So we're on
0: week four. What are your thoughts on this? Ah man. I mean, before the Houston police got involved, I thought it was really weird that Busby, like, he came out and he said that they were going to go to the police, then he said he doesn't trust the police. And then now the police are being involved. So, I mean, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. I find it very odd that Deshaun Watson had, like, 65 masseuses. He has 18 that are going to vouch for him. Uh, or that are, have vouched for him. But why is there so many masseuses, dude? Like, most athletes say they only have, like, one or two masseuses throughout their entire career. And this guy has, like, a million. So, I, I mean, there's a lot we're going to find out, dude. I, I kind of, I've been trying to play the objective role the whole time. Like, hey, let's just, let's see how this plays out. Like, there's not, I know there's a lot we don't know right now. But it's not looking good for Deshaun. It is not, thing. So I'm going to piggyback off of that. So
1: I I love how we're hearing that these women, are these masseuses are coming out as they're being voluntary. But we also have been hearing that Deshaun's contacting, you know, his past masseuses to ask them for, you know, a, a statement. But so these 18 women have worked with Deshaun more than 130 times over the past five years. Like just just those eighteen have worked 130 times over the past five years. That's to me that's incredible, um, and it, it just makes me it makes me think that he's trying to pick and choose these people because he specifically went to them to go ask for you know their 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 proof, um, and it's. The, the longer this pushes out, the more it, it's not looking, not looking good. And at, at any point, whether they do come up saying that he did sexually assault or, you know, have any inappropriate behavior, like his name's tarnished. His name is absolutely tarnished. And you know, it doesn't matter if they come out and say that he's innocent. Everybody is gonna. I mean, look at how people look at Roethlisberger. Still, like it's it's kind of over for him. Well, not not over for him, but it's it's gonna be two Super
0: Bowls since then. Yeah.
1: No, but it's it's gonna be a hard way for
0: Watson to to come out of this. Yeah, I agree. Agree. All right. Last week we saw two NHL elite be fined 5K for disciplinary issues. Connor McDavid threw a late ill elbow up high, and Nathan McKinnon threw Connor Garland's helmet back at him after ripping it off. Are these fines justifiable and worthy? Ben,
1: oh, absolutely not. This is—I uh, know this is this is something we've talked in in you know extent for, but you're you're basically giving these NHL uh, you know elites the the power to do whatever the hell that they want to do, and. You know, that late elbow that McDavid threw, like that is something that can really hurt, you know, a player. And if you're going to, if you're, your main goal for the last four to five years is to get headshots out of the game, then when a superstar comes in and after the puck was gone for a good Couple seconds, easily enough time to make a decision to throw that elbow or not. And he throws that elbow. I'm sorry, he's yes, he's a star, but you have to set precedent. You can't just say, oh, you know, he's he makes money for us, so we're gonna throw a blind eye. And that's that's difficult. With the McKinnon, like again, we're lucky that it wasn't a little bit higher and it didn't hit, you know, Garland in the head. But like McKinnon literally mugged Garland and he dropped him to the ice. He ripped his helmet off, almost had him in a a headlock and then, you know, gets a slap on the wrist. Like $5,000 does nothing, is nothing to these players who are making multi-million dollars. So I I think the NHL is, uh, is, is doing a little too much for their superstar players.
0: Yeah, I mean, you make fair points. I don't disagree with them. Um, however, the NHL is in a peculiar situation because, you know, they're going, they're moving into uh, ESPN territory and they really have to build up their stars, dude. And Connor McDavid is definitely one of their stars. So, and he's in the midst of a playoff battle. And not having him for a number of games, you get Edmonton out of the playoffs. Let's just say they miss the playoffs and their biggest star is in the postseason. Like that just hurts going into next season when you have it, ESPN building it up. It'd be two to five games max.
1: There's there's no issues whatsoever.
0: True. Sorry, I'm just saying. I I'm just saying. Him, no, no, you're good. I I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just saying from NHL's point of view, like that's why they made that decision. And you're right, good. dude. It doesn't set a good precedent, and it's gonna cause issues from here forward because everyone's gonna be like, oh well, Connor McDavid only got five thousand dollars fine. For an elbow, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, and you're right. It, it's definitely gonna set a bad precedent, but I understand why the NHL did it. I
1: don't like it. I don't like it one bit. All right, let's move like on to. Uh, they still happen. Yeah, I I just really don't like that that elbow. It was way too late and way too up high, and he made that decision to throw it. Um, it wasn't a hockey play. But anyways, uh, let's move on. We're going to move on to uh, NCAA. We're, we're heading back to college basketball. And on Thursday, we saw Roy Williams announce his retirement from coaching uh, the Tar Heels. So Williams has spent 18 seasons with UNC going 485 and 163, while leading the Tar Heels to national championships in 05, 09, and 2017. So we saw the Tar Heels make their first first-round exit in attorney play this year, um, as well as a not so great last year. So, do you think this was forced, or do you no. think this really was his decision?
0: This was absolutely his decision. He's the second most legendary coach in North Carolina history, behind Dean Smith, who was he was an assistant for. Um, you know, obviously that's what North Carolina's basketball stadium is named after, the Dean Smith Dome and Roy Williams is a saint there. Um, you know he's 70 years old at this point and college basketball is changing and it's changing very fast, you know with the, with what we were talking about earlier the likeness and all that stuff happening and then now you can literally transfer at the dime of a, at the drop of a hat like before you would have to sit out a year and it would have to get approved by the NCAA. Now you can literally just be like, yo, I'm transferring at the end of the season and you can transfer it to anywhere and play next season. And I think because of that, I think uh, Roy Williams just looks at it. He's like, dude, I'm 70 years old at this point. Like, I don't know the future of college basketball. I'm just gonna fucking retire and, you know, Right, get just set off into the sunset, dude. Go hang out with my grandkids, do my thing. I think this was a perfect time for him to step down. Um, and it's well deserved, dude. He's seventy years old, man. Like, let let the man go live his life. It's just gonna be interesting to see who they hire next, dude. That's a, it's a big school, dude. Big basketball school.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, college basketball more than me, so. You know, it's it's everybody out there take Jordan's word a little bit more than mine. But I, I do kind of think this was a little bit forced. Um, you know, you look at his quote saying, you know, everybody wants to know the reason. And the reason is very simple. Every time somebody asked me how long I was going to go, I'd always say as long as my health allows me to it, to do it, you know, but deep down inside, I knew the one thing that would speed that up is if I didn't feel that I was any longer the right man for the job. I no longer feel the right man for the job, but I still love basketball and I still want to be in
0: basketball. So that's what that's what I go back to with the thing with uh, but it's just college basketball is just moving rapidly now, Ben.
1: Yeah, w- which is why I think it was a a little bit forced, uh, because he he notes that he's he he doesn't want to be done with it, and that the only thing would speed it up was him not feeling he was right for that job. Um, but I do think that it's their first round exit. Their, you know, their play last year wasn't great, they didn't even make the tournament last year, right? Um, well, there was no tournament. Oh, the dirt. Um, so were they in line to make the tournament last year?
0: Likely not. Yeah. I mean, no, no, they would have made it. I'm not sure how good they would have been. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing with Roy Williams' teams, though. He like he's one of those old school coaches where like he had his best teams are led by juniors and seniors, and that's kind of where this team was heading too. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's that's college basketball's just changing because dudes can just transfer now. So rather than before, where he would get guys to sit for their freshman, sophomore year, play small roles, and then junior, senior year, they're like ready to go, and their focal points. Now he can't get those guys to stay because he's transferred. So maybe yeah. he doesn't feel like he's the right guy for the job, to be honest. That's very true. Jerry. So who do you think uh, replaces him? Jerry Stackhouse. Okay. I do. Okay. Either him or H- Hubert Davis, who's his assistant right now. Both are UNC guys. North Carolina doesn't like to go out of North Carolina. So like they always hire North Carolina guys. The only non-North Carolina guy I would go out and hire is Jay Wright, who I think is the best coach in the country. He's a head coach for Villanova, but Mm. I don't think he's leaving Villanova. And for that reason, I think North Carolina keeps it in-house because it's always worked. Hire Hubert Davis, hire Jerry Stackhouse, one of those two guys. I think with Juwan Howard's success at Michigan, I'd do think they hired Jerry Stackhouse because I think he could have a similar effect at North Carolina as Juan Howard had at Michigan. All right, and sorry, this is just going to add it on, and I'm putting you on the spot
1: here. We saw a loyalist Chicago's coach head over to o- Oklahoma, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma.
1: Was that a good uh, good decision for him?
0: I mean, it's a definitely a bigger program. I haven't seen the contract yet, so I'm not sure how much he's getting. I assume the boosters are going to fucking be paying a lot of the money, but yeah. I thought he could have waited and gotten gotten a better gig, to be honest. Like, obviously, North Carolina has a head-opening job. I don't think they would uh, hire him, but next year, Arizona is going to have a new head coaching job open. Arizona is a big basketball school. He could have easily gone there. Washington will probably have a new head coach. He could have gone to UW. Another big basketball school, so I thought there was better opportunities that could have arisen. Now he's going to the Big Twelve, where he has to compete with Chris Beard, Baylor, Bill Self at Kansas. I mean, that's a tough conference, dude. Yep. And you're like, you're going to a a football school. I mean, Oklahoma's yeah. always like the fifth, sixth team in the Big Twelve. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough conference, absolutely. man all right all right all right it's that time of the night ben it's that time to get into best bets, and last week was not very good week man it was a very tough week um i took two l's so we'll start off with me last week i took two l's so i'm 11 and 13 on the year i had houston minus eight they were up like 23 points at one point yep uh, ended up only winning by six against Oregon State. And then I had U- USC Money Line against Gonzaga. Obviously, I was going out on a limb on that one. But I even said take the points. And that didn't cover. So I took <laughs> an L there. So two L's last week. Ben, you went one and one again, right? Yep. Um, you had a parlay of Minnesota and San Jose over five and a half. That one went way over. Uh, actually, that was the game that went over. Because there was like three goals in like the last like three minutes, right, Ben? Yep. 100%. That was a good over. I was had, that one, let's be real. <laughs> and then you had Oakland minus one and a half uh for the, the A's. Yeah. And they just can't do shit, right, Ben. So that was yeah, a was massive a- L. That was a massive L. So where are we going this week? So I'm I'm learning from my loss.
1: I'm definitely learning from my loss, and uh, man, we've got the Dodgers heading into Oakland uh, for the next series here. So uh, tomorrow we're gonna go Dodgers over over Oakland. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Oakland was what minus uh, one uh, minus thirty-five in their run differential, and um, uh, sorry, and uh, you know the Dodgers have you know they they played a a good opening series. you know, I uh, we have them winning the the series. They went three and one um, against Colorado, putting up decent amount of runs, um, also allowing a lot of runs. But when you're in Colorado, that happens. Um, so we're gonna go Dodgers over the, the A's in that opening game of the series, and then we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to my Sharkies. Um, Sharks are hot right now. They're uh, they're coming off a four game win streak. Um, and they're heading into Anaheim and Anaheim is two and four in their last six and uh, the Sharks are four oh and one against Anaheim this season uh, in all of their play so I I'd like the Sharks how they're playing right now uh, even with Jones and net. he is he's been finding a way to let that stupid goal in but uh, you know with Kane being hot Donato's kind of you know Picking things back up after his his big lull, Hurdle is is getting some points and and Culture is actually being decent. Same with uh, with Carlson. So I'm liking the way the Sharks are playing right now. I think they're going to uh, to push you know a little bit further over these uh, you know the the lower teams that they're playing right now. So we're gonna go uh, you know the Sharks over the Ducks Give me a second bet there.
0: Nice man, I like it. Uh, I'm kind of on the same playing field as you. I like Dodgers' money line minus 150. I think that give it a little bit more value though, parlay it with Mets minus 225. Jacob DeGrom's on the bump. Um, and Matt Moore's pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies. He hasn't pitched in two years, so who knows what you're gonna get out of him. Um, the Mets are supposed to be a lot better this year, obviously, with Francisco Lindor added. I think that you know with the time off uh obviously they're getting the later start but the on the bump dude big time stuff yeah i like that parlay but i definitely like dodgers money line minus 150 for all the reasons you said the a's just fucking suck dude like they can't hit they can't pitch they can't uh, do anything yeah. and then my second best bet we're gonna go gonzaga minus four and a half against baylor I like zaga here their last game was very close i have this game as uh i think zaga should be like five and a half six and a half point favorite i think so i, I like this line public right now is on baylor too 52 percent of the money is on baylor at this point i like zaga here minus four and a half i think uh jalen suggs cody Kisper, drew timmy just a little too much for davian mitchell and them boys it's gonna take uh baylor has to shoot like 55% to win this game. I just don't see a team doing that twice against Gonzaga and I don't see Gonzaga just falling apart. So I like Zaga here minus four and a half. Let's lock it up. Let's win this money.
1: Money. Money. All right. So it is time to go back to beer. Um, You had that mead as your second beer. So I'm, I'm super, super excited to hear about that one. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll call it a beer here. Um, you know, it's it's a fermented ale. So it's it's a type of beer. God damn it. Um, um, so so tell me, how is that meat? How is that blackberry
0: pie? Uh, the meat is very good, dude. This is a, a delicious beer. I, like I told you, dude, it literally tastes like a strawberry Italian soda. Like that's exactly the flavors I get from it. Um, so it's something that I could like pound probably nine of these in an hour. And I probably wouldn't be too good. Um, It's really good, man. 4.75 out of 5, Ben. I would definitely drink this again. I would definitely buy it again. I like it a lot. It is very tasty.
1: What was the percentage on that?
0: 6.0. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, 6%. Not not too high. Not too heavy. Very light. Like, it literally tastes like an Italian soda, so it doesn't even feel like you're drinking a beer, dude. You know, beers are heavy and stuff. (laughs) Um, and then the second beer, the the blackberry pie, it was all right, dude. I, I'm telling you, it had like this coconut flavor to it. And I don't like coconut and yeah. coconut just like sticks out of all flavors to me. I didn't taste much blackberry. I tasted some vanilla, which said it was in there. It was a good beer. I would definitely drink it again. I'm going to give it a 3.85 out of five.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one of the issues I found with coconut is that as it gets the beer gets
0: a little bit warmer, that coconut seems to come out a little. But it doesn't bit say more. there's coconut in there. It says cinnamon.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, but it tasted really coconutty. I gotcha. I gotcha. Still three point eight five. That's that's not bad.
1: That is not a bad score. All. Uh, all right, so I my first beer was slices by uh, alpha acid uh, burn company out of Belmont California this was the uh, West Coast IPA um, this was this was a pretty good beer um, it was you know it, it did have a little bit of that hop heaviness to it um, but it was it, it wasn't as much of a you know a, a smack you in the face it was <laughs> those are the good uh, ones dude uh, you you enjoy those I don't necessarily enjoy it depends on what Uh, night it is (laughs) that's true (laughs) that's true um so you know this it was a good beer i'm gonna i'm stoked it was super crisp super clear which you don't see in a lot of ipas anymore um you know most of them are going to be something hazy um so this came in at that 6.5 percent and you know it was definitely one that i would i would get again uh, the problem with the alpha acids is that they're, they're small batches. So you don't have that opportunity until they run that again to, you know, really get that, you know, that, that beer again. Um, I only grabbed two 16s of this. So I, I have to save that one that other one for, you know, a little bit down the road um, which is tough. Cause this was, this was brewed on 318. So like it's, it's a fresh beer. So it'll, it'll save for another you know month or so. Um, but then I gotta, I gotta definitely drink it. I'm going to give this one a, a 3.9 out of five. There we go. Uh, 3. 9. It was a, it was a great beer. Um, only cause I can't get it is, is one of the reasons why I can't put it at that four. Um, so it's that's that is a tough part there. And it it is a little hop heavy there. But my second beer was the Marlowe Artisanal Ales. Like I understand why this is um, you know, this is getting, you know, all of the you know the hype on you know all the beer forums and in the beer world because this is a really great pale ale. Um it's it's hazy, so you are going to, you know, be, you know having a full meal while you drink this one Uh, but coming in at 5.4 percent like you can drink these if you have an empty stomach um so there's there's a great balance with the the sweetness to it and the bitterness of the the hop and it does have kind of an earthy kind of piney aftertaste which i i really like so the the citra and the mosaic hops really do kind of bring out a little bit you know in that aftertaste there um I'm going to give this one a 4.25. It's a, a quality pale ale that um, that you can really just drink. And I'm glad I found it because it's going to be really good on those, you know, hot summer days that we have out here in California. So I'm a I'm a big fan of it. It's
0: hot summer days, you know, hot summer days like Vegas summer days. Yeah, it's not even that hot. But uh
1: but it, is, what get it is nice
0: summer days. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I shouldn't be complaining whatsoever. Shouldn't be complaining. You only but, really uh, get like two weeks of a summer where it's like unbearable. I wouldn't even say two weeks. Yeah, sometimes like a week.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Depends all depends on the year. But uh, you know, I do have to uh, to push before we get into our closing that you know make sure to go to Tavour and you can get the best craft beers delivered straight to your front door literally from breweries all across the U S that you probably won't be able to get at your local, you know, uh, bottle shop. So make sure to go to Tavour, um, through the Tavour app or you can go to Tavour.com that's T A V O U R. And, you know, use promo code Taproom when signing up, you get 10 bucks off your first purchase of 25 bucks or more, and it is worth it. I know we say, you know, it's two bears every time, but you know, it's, it's quality beer that you can get, and you know I I have my delivery coming in two days. But my I just cart, bought a
0: beer right now on Tavour. Yeah,
1: it's that easy. It's uh, I love it, and new beers come out every day. Um, you can set on off your notifications, which. It's awesome, but uh, if you have a limited bank account, I do not suggest putting those notifications on because you buy way too much beer. Well, I guess you, nothing much. is nothing is way too much beer, but um, you do buy a lot of beer there. So uh, make sure to check out Tavour. It's a it's an awesome program. The way they they do it is great. You build up your you know your shopping cart for you know the month, and then they ship it out. So it's uh and it's quality stuff it's quality so make sure to go check out to Tevour and bauer.com use promo code taproom but uh everybody out there thank you for listening to the taproom sports podcast uh, make sure to follow us on instagram at taproom sports podcast you can check out our network's twitter at taproom underscore sports or you can just check out jordan's which is at jordan rules tsp he is putting out some great Great, great, best bets uh, during the week. Videos now, dude. Yep, love it, and it's making money. It is making us all money. So, um, yeah, check that out. We're even on Facebook. Uh, You can search taproom sports podcast you can go to our website www.taproomsportspodcast.com and make sure to uh, check out our merch section we've got a ton of stuff for each and every podcast that's in collaboration with the glory and uh man there's some great stuff on there you can even get masks taproom sports masks y'all we're yep. gonna need masks for a little while so stay safe to pick baby. that up yeah. Uh, make sure to check out APR on Thursdays as Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie. Uh, Tiffany is on the DL, but she'll be back soon. Uh, Tiffany from Picks by Chicks. We talk about all the offseason NFL news. Make sure to check out the program. a great episode this last week, too. We did. That was a lot of fun this last week. ton of fun. Uh, we didn't. We talked so much, we didn't even have time for our game. Yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, make sure to check out the program where Jordan and Brian talk about college sports. We've got Square Sharks out multiple times a week where jordan steady eddie and i discuss you know individual games and then we build the best bets for those we had a a little bit of a rough patch but we're we're coming out of it and uh you know that's that's part of the betting game you win some you lose some it's uh it's it's the flow so we're we're heading back onto our winning streak uh we're still way 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 over 50 percent on the year uh we had a good long run um but uh It's a ton of fun to talk about those those bets and build what is right for uh, for each and every game. But but that's it. I am Bankball and Ben Larson here with my co-host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. That's right We will see you
0: next week. Yes. Ben did you watch that documentary yet? And I got my shot I was I was down
1: for the count. Account. Pfizer, Pfizer knocked me out. This
0: damn shirt.